You're listening to the Jets Nation Podcast. Hey, I'm Cody Bueller, joined by my brother Kyle. Today on the show, we're going to be talking about the recent signings of the Winnipeg Jets, both Veselainen and J.C. Lapon. We're going to talk about Josh Morrissey's contract, what we think it should look like, and of course, we're going to wrap up the show looking at potential line combinations. Hey! You're listening to the Jets Nation Podcast. Why am I yelling to start? I've been listening to some podcasts, Kyle, and... Uh, Fantasy footballers, uh, fantasy football season is almost upon us, and uh, their podcast always starts with the host yelling like that. Um, your thoughts? Should we should we uh, keep that? Well, first of all, you just about have me flying out of my chair with that yell. <laughs> I was not expecting that at all. Um, but yeah, fantasy football is pretty much underway, and uh, that leads to my more favorite fantasy, which is fantasy hockey. Yes, I do play fantasy football. I'm not great at it, and the NFL is not my specialty, but fantasy hockey right around the corner, and that's something I'm really looking forward to. It's going to be a lot of fun this year, a lot of good players, a lot of rookies coming up, a lot of guys switching teams. It's always a lot of fun in the NHL. Now, I hate to admit this, but I'm actually pretty poor at fantasy hockey, actually better at fantasy football. I don't know what it is, why, probably because when I do football research, I can completely take emotions out of it. I don't really have a favorite team. I don't really have anyone, any player that I'm really particularly passionate about, so I can look objectively at the players that I pick. But when I play fantasy hockey, I kind of feel that I know the players, I know the teams, and I always have so much hope for the young guys. And I'm probably a little bit more biased with my picks. I don't go off of just straight numbers that the experts give me. And that's probably why I'm poor at fantasy hockey. But Kyle will be giving you updates throughout the season and giving you some fantasy tips again this year as the Winnipeg Jets season just around the corner. A couple of off-season moves. Uh, we've been going every other week here in summer. And we've been taking a couple of breaks, getting ready for the season coming up. A couple of players being signed. JC Lapon just getting a new deal. That is a one-year contract. But the big one that I... I was happy to see, and now we can really officially start talking about him more, Christian Veselainen. Yeah, definitely, and everybody was kind of holding their breath with Veselainen. Everybody was hoping a deal was going to get done, but a deal wasn't necessarily going to happen this summer because he might have been content just playing one more one more league in one more year in the Finnish league. So it was kind of up in the air. Everybody wanted him signed just for that option, but it wasn't a guarantee. And now that he has signed that deal, uh, it's a good thing for the Winnipeg Jets, a good thing for Veselainen, obviously. Uh, the interesting clause is that the first year the Jets can choose to send him back to Finland. So he doesn't actually have to stay in North America on this deal. He can go back to Liga, uh, where he dominated as a 19-year-old, finishing sixth in the league in scoring, uh, near the top of his team in every category. So definitely a good move for Veselainen. If it doesn't work out, if he's not necessarily having the best camp, he can still go back to where he's comfortable, go back home essentially, and play with the team he was on last year. Yeah, I think this is a good contract for the Winnipeg Jets and for Christian Veselainen, but I think that for the Winnipeg Jets, I think you don't sign him unless you think he can come back and make this team this fall out of camp. I think that if your thoughts were Veselainen isn't going to make this team anyways, well then he might as well just stay in Finland. You don't necessarily need to sign him to a deal. But I think that he is a player who could make that jump right away with all of those numbers you said before. Uh, I am really hoping to see him in Winnipeg this fall. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's not really of a question of Jets or Moose because I think if it was going to be Moose, well now he's just going to go back to Finland. I don't think he would be in a Moose uniform. I would like to see him if the Moose, if he's going to get sent down, I wouldn't mind him playing in North America, mind him playing in Winnipeg, seeing the organization being that much closer to make the jump personally. 
but I could see where he would also want to go back. Yeah, exactly. And I think the leagues actually might not be too far off. Liga compared to AHL, um, Liga not being quite as known for their superstars, maybe as the KHL or or the Swedish Elite League. Still a very good league over there, but he is playing against full-grown men like he would be if he was playing for the Moose. So maybe a very similar type path. Yeah, and if you wanted to keep him as a depth player, you could, I guess, put him down in the Moose. But in my mind, I think it's pretty much either Liga or the Jets for Veselainen this year. Yeah, so hopefully he will be in Winnipeg, and that'll be on the Winnipeg Jets. And so now, still two players left to sign contracts. By my estimation, that's Eric Comrie and Josh Morrissey. Yeah, and this is assuming Shevoldayoff doesn't make any more moves. Uh, if he hasn't already, he's probably not going to going into training camp. Uh, a few guys being offered PTOs by other teams, a few veterans. Uh, there's a lot of names out there, veteran players that still aren't signed to contracts. That being said, the Winnipeg Jets are not a team that needs to go out and get those types of players. So they're pretty content with what they have. And and like you said, it's Comrie and Morrissey, the only two guys needing deals. Both these guys, uh, Comrie not really knowing where he's going to play this year, could definitely fight for the backup role for the team. Uh, Morrissey, obviously, um, he's an interesting one. We're going to maybe dive into his contract a little bit for the next segment. All right, so looking at Josh Morrissey's contract, I feel like we've already kind of talked about this in past episodes, and it's basically been something we've been talking about all summer. The top defenseman left to be signed for the Winnipeg Jets, Josh Morrissey, arguably their best best left-handed defenseman on the team, and that's really not much of an argument when you look at the rest of the team. Yeah, no argument. He is the best left-handed He is the best left-handed defenseman on the Winnipeg Jets. And so now, what kind of contract does that bring for him? And we've looked at different comparables, we've looked at different numbers, and so now I think, guess the question is, Bridge or long-term? Yeah, and uh, rumors are kind of breaking out as this negotiation process is coming along. Uh, Rumors have it that Morrissey does not want to sign a long-term deal, and I don't think that's due to the fact that he wants to leave Winnipeg, like uh, maybe his partner, Um, but... I think he wants to maximize his value and and Morrissey thinks if he gets a a two-year bridge deal and and really showcases himself, gets a little bit more offensive upside, he could be in for a major payout in two years' time. So I think Morrissey's pushing more for a a bridge deal because he thinks he can perform better while the Jets are trying to lock him up long-term right now. And I think that's kind of the the struggle going on with Morrissey and Sheveldayoff. Now, I am completely on board for a long-term contract, and even if it has to be a little bit of a bigger price tag, because I think we've seen enough that Josh Morrissey can play into that elite defenseman on the left side, or even not not necessarily even elite, like top five in the league, but just a top-pairing defenseman and earn that title. I'm okay with giving him a little bit more money to make sure that he's here long-term. I personally would not want a bridge contract, even with something even with him agreeing potentially that he would want to be in Winnipeg and he'd want to sign long term eventually I just think there's too many risks with a bridge kind of like what we saw with Jacob Truba let's sign him down long term yeah I totally agree because if you do that bridge if he does have that offensive outburst now what is he commanding for his next deal is it six million now all of a sudden seven eight is it potentially seven for a young guy with maybe he's getting power play time at that point Uh, the numbers could go up extremely easily for a guy like Josh Morrissey. So I think you want to lock him down now. That being said, if he wants a bridge, Chevrolet might have to give him that bridge if that's the only option going forward. So I, I don't think there'll be any situation ongoing into camp. I think it'll get done before that. It won't be a distraction for the season. Uh, certainly not like Jacob Trubo was a few years ago. Uh, so I don't, I'm not worried personally. Well, that's what we keep saying, but there's still no deal. Well, we keep exactly. saying it's not going to go into training camp. We say keep saying he's not going to be a distraction, but it's not being a distraction yet because we're still a ways away from training camp. 
it could be. Yeah, it, I don't it, want it to be. It definitely could be. And there's still a few weeks till training camp even begins. And at that point, once you're in training camp, you want to get it done and get through the preseason. As long as it doesn't go into the regular season, then it's for sure turning into an issue, obviously. Uh, so you want to get Morrissey done as soon as possible. And I think it will be probably in the next two or three weeks. So now on the final segment here today, we're going to be taking a look at line combinations. And this is something that you've been doing a lot of research in over the last couple of weeks, your 20 in 20 line combinations, where you take a look at 20 different line combinations over 20 days. And just on the forward side of things, I find the defense not nearly as interesting uh, because you see guys like Bufflin, Truba, Myers, like they're all on the right side. There's not as many combinations when you only have six defensemen and three pairings, opposed to 12 forwards and four lines, plus extra guys being slotted in, just way more options. And how I think you calculated it 400 million possible combinations. Yeah, that was on the light side of things. Um, when you're looking at these numbers, specifically if you factor in some of the guys maybe coming from the Moose, uh, Vac- uh, Veselainen as well, coming from overseas, factoring in some of these players, it, the, the numbers actually virtually uh, tenfold of that. Uh, you're looking into the billions of combinations, assuming you treat each position as its own separate entity, um, meaning... First line left wing, first line yeah, center, so first even line if right you had wing. Shifley, Line A, and Wheeler on the top line, if you had Line A, Shifley, Wheeler, or Wheeler, Shifley, Line A, those will count as different combinations because they're in te- technically different positions. Right, and this is just math and stats, and it yeah. really doesn't mean anything. No, but out of 4 billion or so, I was narrowing it down to 20. And, and this 20 and 20 series has been a lot of fun. The first 10 or so combinations was really looking at some of the guys that might make the team, talking about Appleton, guys like Brendan Lemieux, uh, Veselainen in there as well. Uh, the next kind of chunk of 20 and 20 lineups um it was a little bit more fun i added dustin bufflin back as a forward just to see what it would look like him on the top line it was bufflin lowry and wheeler for a huge heavy physical um size line looking at some speedier lineup combinations so it's just been a fun series just looking at what the winnipeg jets have and the combinations you can run through and and there's so many options available so now last year i was excited to potentially see appleton this year Uh, I'm also a fan of Lemieux. I would like to see him make the lineup. But I went through a couple of lineups, and kind of like how you do have with a realistic meter and a fun meter beside, I kind of made myself uh, two lineups of what I think for this next season. Uh, One kind of on the realistic side and one kind of on the fun meter side of things. And so this is, do you want me to go through them first? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So my realistic line combination, I think the Winnipeg Jets are going to be pretty boring when it comes to changes right out of the gate. I think there's a very good likelihood we'll see Connor, Shifley, and Wheeler back together. I think there's a pretty good chance we're going to see Tanev, Lowry, and Kopp together on that fourth unit. And so then I think kind of from what you heard a lot of fans talking about and people talking about, it's kind of those middle two lines, the middle six, if you will, that are getting a lot of discussion. So I think Line and Ehlers, they're going to keep those guys together probably to start, make just make making sense I'd probably try little back there in the middle again as he's kind of gone back to that number two center role I would imagine that uh, the third line is going to be seeing a bunch of different combinations so if you have 10 of Lowry Kopp on the fourth line I've kind of put in Veselainen, Roslovic and Perot on my third line and so then just based on Roslovic taking his jump again earning a full-time spot as that third center 
Perot, obviously, is a guy who can drive the line. I think he saw time with Roslevic and Little last season, so those two guys have already played together. And then Veselainen coming in, that's kind of a fairly safe spot, kind of a sheltered role. You've got the Little Shifley lines getting a lot of ice time, Lowry time taking quite a bit in that defensive side of things, and then the Roslevic, Veselainen, and Perot kind of get sheltered minutes, some offensive zone starts, and can provide an extra little bit of pop. I think that's not too unrealistic of an uh, option. No, this, that, that combination you gave was actually my exact first combination uh, because that's pretty much status quo of, of what they did last year. And, and knowing um, the knowing Paul Maurice and the continuity that he likes, he's not he's shifting line mates often in the past, but he's putting guys uh, that have played together in the past generally play together in the future for him. Um, I had uh, Patan on that third line with Rozovic and Perot. You could also, I, I think I actually had Dano in that third line, but you could slot any one of those guys, Patan in there, Dano. I think the other 11 guys are, are pretty much in the roster guaranteed. And, and you're looking at that last spot being maybe that third line or maybe fourth line, depending on the lines. Uh, so you're with me that Rozovic, Tanev, Lowry, Kopp, all basically guaranteed a spot this next year. Yeah, I think so. You could argue Tanev maybe shouldn't. There's been a lot of arguments. I've seen uh, submissions on Twitter with Tanev outside the lineup. But given Paul Maurice, we're predicting what Paul Maurice is going to do, right? What are the line combinations going to be? And I think Tanev has to be there uh, because Paul Maurice likes his game. So I think you're only fighting for that one spot. And I think that's between Veselainen, Dano, Patan, maybe a guy like Lemieux coming in there as well, kind of fighting for that one spot. Okay, so now let's go to more of a fun line combination and this is what I have for fun lines and just based on what I've been thinking and my own personal opinions and just kind of what I wouldn't mind seeing uh basically how I started this I was like how would I like my lines if I could just go kind of completely fresh just look at this new lineup who do I want as my number one center answer obviously Mark Shifley he's my number one center well who do I want on that wing well Blake Wheeler in my opinion is the number one winger let's put these guys together Patrick Laine, I feel, is kind of an interesting guy uh, to play with. He doesn't have a lot of speed. He's not super great in his own zone. He's not great at breaking out necessarily. What does the guy do? He puts the puck in the net. Blake Wheeler is a passer. Mark Shifley is also a passer. And Mark Shifley and both Blake Wheeler are both fairly quick. But I don't think they have quite the same quick as, like, say, Ehlers. And it's different than, say, a Patan speed. I like Shifley, Wheeler, and Line a playing together. What? Just your thoughts on that as a top line? No, I actually totally agree, and I think that's the way you're going to get Line a scoring the most goals. Looking last year, over half his goals coming on the power play. So his five versus five. That's who is he playing with? Right, his five on five production is not outrageous by any means. So if you stick him on the top line, uh, I I hearken back to the days of NHL 2003, 2004, getting that chemistry, and each player had a positional type. You had a playmaker, you had a sniper, you had a two-way forward, all that sort of thing. Well, you have Wheeler as a playmaker, you have Line as a sniper, and you have Shifley as kind of that two-way forward, a little bit of everything. And, and in, in, if my memory serves me correctly, correctly, that would give you a 10 out of 10 chemistry on NHL 2004. I like how that's what we're using as reference point. I like Can't go it. wrong with that. No, but, that you can't. But it, it, it checks but you, out, No, right? I, I agree. And I agree with your, your statement of why you want those three together, and I think I would really like to see that to start the season. And I found that... That yes, Line and uh, Ehlers have chemistry probably off the ice. I don't know if I necessarily saw that too much. Like, yeah, I would kind of go in spurts, but there was times where I wasn't super impressed with Line and Ehlers together. So that's why I'm kind of thinking uh, splitting those guys up. 
And so then for the second line, I was thinking, who do I want as my second line center? Brian Little. I think Little uh, is kind of had a down year this last year. I think there's still a lot left in the tank for Brian Little. He can be a number two center in the NHL. I think uh, him along with maybe somebody like Veselainen, Nick Ehlers, maybe basically switch line A for Veselainen on that line. Give Veselainen a good opportunity. We'll we'll kind of see how that goes. Uh, and then kind of for the third line, I put Roslevic there again, but with Connor because they have the chemistry with playing for the Moose. Uh, Nick Patan, I'd like to see him go on that line and kind of have like that young speed skill line. And again, it would have to be sheltered minutes because I don't know how great they would be in their own defensive zone. And then the fourth line of Lowry, Kopp, and then Perot instead of Tanev because I think Perot's a big upgrade on Tanev uh, on that fourth line. And so then this fun line combinations for me would include Patan and would uh, take out Tanev, but it would just kind of divvy it up differently. Yeah, so it's actually very similar to my line of combination that I would see. So I'm going to quickly go through mine. Mine's the same. Line A, Shifley, Wheeler. My second line would be Ehlers, Little, and Perot. They had a lot of time last year together. They were excellent together, had fantastic advanced stats numbers, uh, Corsi percentage very good, expected goals very good, all that sort of thing. Uh, I think it's a good way for Little to kind of stay um, active playing with a guy like Ehlers with that speed, but Perot can drive the line. Little can kind of hold it all together. I think that's a good fit on a second line. My third line would be the exact same as you have, Connor, Roslevic, and Patan. Kind of that moose connection. They know each other well. They're all young guys. And that fourth line um, would be Lowry, Kopp, and then Veselainen on that far side. So I think you get Veselainen in a sheltered role. He wouldn't be playing tons of minutes, but he'd be playing with the two best defensive players on the Winnipeg Jets. He wouldn't get burned defensively. He would help a little bit offensively. We've seen Kopp with a little bit of offense in the past. Veselainen could help in as well. I think that could be a two-way line and help Lowry generate some offense. And I think that's the way you do it. And you just try to shelter that third line, give them a very generous ozone start percentage uh, with Connor Roslevic and Patan, pretty much exclusively starting them in the offensive end, letting them go to work from there. Now, there's different players I trust, obviously, and it's kind of interesting when you make these things. And it's does Lowry hold back a line? Can he provide offense if he's put with skill guys on his wings? Uh, is he just a shutdown center? Do you move Andrew Kopp? back to center and kind of move around Lowry as the third line with different line mates. Does Jack Rozovic automatically get a center spot or does he move to the wing and maybe Perot moves back to center? Nick Patan can also play center. Uh, so there's a lot of different combinations and a lot of different things that need to be discussed. But I think uh, for the most part, we both have Dano outside of our top 12 uh, both have Lemieux outside of our top 12, and we both have Christian Veselainen making the lineup. I think that if he can be dynamic, this is a big guy who can skate fairly well and who's got a killer shot again, kind of like a line A light. Is that maybe a fair assessment? Yeah, I think that's pretty accurate. And so you have a guy like that in the lineup, and hopefully he can play a little bit better defensively, but I would really like to see him in the lineup this next year. Uh, hopefully he can make it. Yeah, definitely. And like we said before, it's kind of those 11 spots are spoken for. And now what do you do with that 12th spot? The only one maybe that could go out of that is Tanev, like we talked about. Uh, so now you have 10 spots guaranteed. Now you have a bunch of guys fighting for two spots, Patan, Dano, Veselainen, Tanev, Lemieux. You got five or six guys for two spots. And, and that's how I see it shaping up for the Winnipeg Jets. You can configure those 12 in any way you wish. I don't know if you can come up with a really bad line combinations. Well, in my 20 and 20, I did come up with some pretty bad ones, I thought, but... <laughs> ones that aren't very realistic. Yeah, but 
I think with the, the players you got, no matter how you configure it, the Winnipeg Jets are going to be a good team no matter who's in the lineup. And what I would like to see, bring back Magic Bullet Maurice for the first part of the season with a new guy like Veselainen in the lineup. And if Patan is going to make this on a full-time basis, I would like to see these guys tried with different combinations. I want to see these guys moved around the lineup, put up on the top line, or maybe even just put on a second line and trying different things to see what clicks and so that once you get to the playoff time, and I'm both of us, I don't even think this is a conversation anymore, expect the Jets to be a playoff team, that once you get there, these guys have experience playing with each other. And if all of a sudden there is an injury, they already know how to play with a certain guy or they already kind of have that chemistry. Or if in the playoffs, after one or two games, things really aren't working, you can make an adjustment and go back to, oh, remember back in December, we played together as a line. Let's bring these guys back together just so that they can have that kind of familiarity. Yeah, exactly. You definitely have those options. And it's that delicate balance that Paul Maurice has to go through of, how much do you juggle compared to how much do you let these guys get chemistry with each other? Because that's definitely a factor as well. The only way to get experience with each other is to play with each other. So you can't be moving around too much. So there's that definite balance that you have to play. You know, Scheifele and Wheeler know each other well, so you can throw maybe anybody else on that top line and have them maybe work out. It's a great way to shelter a rookie. Maybe that's where Veselainen ends up. And maybe you work with those pairings. You got guys that have played together, um, maybe Lowry and Cop stay as a pairing and you add whoever on that other wing. And there's plenty of options, like we said. And I think your point is correct that you want to get guys playing with different teammates. Injuries are going to happen. That's the fact of hockey. Wheeler played center for 20 games last year when Shifley went down. It's just the way it was. So all those things are going to happen. No matter what we predict now, it's not going to be right six months from now. It's just the nature of the game. But Still fun to project these sorts of things. And uh, like always, we'd love to hear your thoughts of what your line combinations would be to start the year. Exactly. Hit us up on Twitter at Jets and Podcast. And like you said, uh, just with injuries, everything can change so fast. Really doesn't take, it takes one or two bumps or bruises. And then all of these line combinations that we looked at are completely out the window. And then Patan, Lemieux, Dano. The good part is, is that there's enough guys to sit in the press box and be at the ready that it's not a huge drop-off every time that there's an injury and somebody has to be called into the lineup. If there's anything else you want us to talk about, hit us up at Jets and Podcast. Uh, still a couple of weeks before training camp and the season gets underway, and of course we'll be covering all of that once we get closer. Find all of the Jets Nation podcasts at JetsNation.ca.